the 15th of December 2015. Most people would know this as the day of the Lint Cafe siege. However, I was in Melbourne that day and I was spending the entire day waiting for major surgery. That evening, my surgeon smiled at me and said, this is the start of the best days of your life. I was absolutely petrified. I was anxious. I was thinking, what, am I doing the right thing here? I was actually getting my stomach to be the size of a small container, irreversible. And I did that. First, let's go back to Catherine. The 22nd of February, 2013. I was in Catherine for work and I was doing some Michelle Bridges. I was running around. I'd lost about seven kilos. I was feeling pretty good. It was a full moon and as most full moons, I get quite emotional. And I'd had this ongoing heartache of not able to become a mother for various reasons. And this time I said, I give up. I said it out aloud. And then my body reacted in the most bizarre way. I started crying. I started sobbing. I couldn't actually breathe. I didn't realise that this heavy crying was something that would be happening constantly for the next 6 to 12 months. Because six hours later, I received a text message from my father who would text me and said, your twin sisters had a massive seizure, which wasn't unusual. But this time when the paramedics came to help out, they gave her some medication and it was meant to stop the seizure, but it also stopped her heart. She, she went into coma and I was stuck in Catherine and I was frantically trying to figure out the next flight to get down to Tasmania. The next flight was uh, at lunchtime the next day. And so I was kind of stuck in Catherine. I said, right, I'll, I'll get up in the next, the next morning and drive. So I got up and I got to Pine Creek. I happened to have some signal. My, my, my brother called me, my younger brother. I said, is it all right? Is she all right? It's not. My twin sister died. Well, 32 years old. And so I was driving back to Darwin trying to comprehend what would had just happened. I was really worried about grief. My sister, her name was Tara, and I'd never even lost anyone close to me before. My grandparents were still alive, you know, and I was thinking, oh my God. In my early 20s, I hadn't really treated tough situations in a very good way. And I was worried about starting to drink and take drugs and lose my job and become a destitute. That was actually probably possible. And I spoke to one of my beautiful friends and he said, dedication workouts. So once I landed in Tasmania and we started organising the funeral and the funeral music, after that, a bit of a blur, I started working out, started going to the um, treadmill and I started listening to her funeral music. I did this every day for about six months and I was running and crying and it would have been horrible to be watching that. And then I started riding my bike. And then I needed something to get up for. I needed um, some motivation to keep cycling. So there was a total recreation um, 
a challenge. Sure was a challenge. I was 100 kilos and I was uh, starting to ride my bike and I went, yeah, I can ride from Catherine to Darwin in three days, no worries. So I, I went and did that. And uh, while we were riding, I just wanted to give up. There was this massive hill this one particular time and there was these professional cyclists and semi-professional cyclists helping me the whole way. It was really amazing. It was really, it was really good for grief to focus on that. And uh, did all that. Um, then I was thinking, my little brother, if he has children, if I have children, none of, no one will actually have ever experienced meeting my sister who had the best bear hugs in the world. She actually had cerebral palsy as well, so she had the mentality of a, a younger kid. So she loved Elmo, loved Sesame Street and smiled and laughed and she was, she was awesome. And then I thought, I've, I've got to become a mum. So I went to the specialist and she, um, I just knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what it was. I got tested with, um, had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Didn't have any symptoms though. And they gave me a pamphlet. And it said about a band versus a sleeve. Now lots of people have talked about gastric bands and how much they failed and had to be really fat to get it and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, I looked up the BMI and actually I was fat enough to get it. So I was like, hey, now I do most things to extreme. So stuff the band idea, let's just go whole hog, let's get a sleeve. Six months later, there I am in Melbourne, getting 80% of my stomach taken out to the size of a small container. When I came out of surgery, I had a to-do list, these small containers. You actually get your hunger hormone taken out so you're not physically hungry anymore. But you have to learn to sip everything. Because if you eat or if you sip too much, it's like you're a newborn again. You just drink a little bit, a bit more. Then you go to purees like a, like a kid. Then you eat a little bit more like a toddler. So little small containers. And uh, so I started doing that. A little to-do list. And uh, if, you, if you eat too quickly, you start hip hiccuping. If you keep eating, you vomit. But... Uh, Six months later, lose 35 kilos. People are saying to me, what are you doing, Serena? You're looking great. I said, oh, I've just cut out the carbs and eaten smaller meals. It's technically right. Because <laughs> there was a lot of stigma around gastric sleeve operations. And I only actually declared that later on. So I got to my goal weight, 35 kilos lost. Long story short, Goth Whitlam, it's time. Time to become a mum. Under another full moon, candle magic, all done, dusted. <laughs> Not getting in details about that. Um, do you know how I found out? Because I love oysters and I could eat two to four oysters six months later. And uh, I'd finished my four oysters and I was hungry again. It's like, uh-oh, maybe this actually worked. All my hormones were changing, so my hunger was coming back. April. 2016, I, after an amazing birth, I didn't put hardly any weight on because I couldn't eat <laughs> um, much. Well, I could. I, was, I had vitamins and all that kind of stuff. Um, I gave birth to a beautiful little boy and his name was Taj Harper. He's named after my sister Tara and Harper as an angel. And he freaks me out every day how similar he is. He's a neat freak, completely opposite to me. He picks up all these little things and hands them to me off the ground. And he says, Tar, thanks for, he says thank you constantly like my sister did. 
He's obsessed with Elmo and he, he has the same eyes as her as well. It's really beautiful. So I still have those containers, those exact same containers that I used when I could only eat a small container of food. I still can only eat about nine meals a day. And you lose more weight, actually. People are worried about putting on weight beforehand and later on. But when he's running around now, literally, he's about 13 months old. Don't have to go to the gym anymore. Guns are steel. So I use those same containers. I'm feeding that little human that I worked so hard to get. Quality is much better than quantity. And I think that surgeon was right. It was the beginning of the best days of my life. <laughs>